1984, pastors Jean and Sue started Faith Christian Center in a hotel ballroom. But for the past 36 years, they have taught people how to practically apply the Bible to their everyday lives. Over the years, God has blessed us and the church has grown. Faith Christian Center is now located on a beautiful 73-acre campus in the heart of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We believe the best is yet to come. Today's message will encourage you, inspire you, and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God and the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am. I'm seated right now in the heavenly realms, in Christ Jesus, the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine. And I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Then my mind is alert. My spirit is receptive. As I'm taught the Word of God, my life is changed for the better. And I will never be the same again. Amen. May be seated. Today's message is entitled, Winning in This Life. We've been learning how to take action today for a better tomorrow. And we've learned that you can take charge of your life and you can change your life for the better by taking action now for a better tomorrow. C.S. Lewis wrote, you can't go back and change the beginning, but you can start where you are and change the ending. Faith is a starting point. It is, in fact, the starting point. Faith is fundamental. It is essential. Faith is the foundation, the beginning of a successful life. But faith is not all there is. Action is required. Ephesians 3, beginning in verse 20, the Apostle Paul writes now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Our Heavenly Father is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. That's true. But what if we demonstrate no initiative on our own behalf? Will our Heavenly Father really do it all for us? And of course, if we're honest, the answer is no. Once there was a man and he was accidentally trapped inside a refrigerated railroad car. He became frantic, and he pounded on the door, and he began screaming, shouting for help, but no one heard him. He knew that no human being could survive in that environment, and so he settled into a corner of the car and began scrawling his last thoughts on the wall. He wrote, I'm becoming very cold. I do not have very long to live. Death is close. I can feel it getting closer. These may be my last words. And they were. Later, when the refrigerator car door was open, they found the man dead. But here's what's amazing. The refrigeration unit had not been working for a month. There was still enough oxygen to sustain life, even when they found his body. And the lowest temperature during his entrapment was 58 degrees. 
He did not die of cold or suffocation. One thing killed him, and that was fear. That fear, along with the illusion, he was freezing inside that railroad car. During the last two years, fear has been one of the greatest killers. And our, our pastors love us. That's why they've been encouraging us to take care of ourselves and to get outside and to uh, watch what we eat and to exercise. Amen. And to take your vitamins, take care of yourself. You know, our, our bodies are vessels. And you can take care of your body or you can abuse your body. And it's a temple of the Holy Spirit, so you ought to respect it and care for it. So we understand that in what the world is afraid of, that one of the major factors has been what we call comorbidities, and there are significant ones. But the other major factor is fear. There's a young lady, she's a nurse in the church, she travels, she's worked in many states the last two years, many hospitals, conservative places, liberal places, and she says besides someone being overweight, the other major factor she has seen is fear. One of the relatives of one of the wonderful police officers that's here on Sundays and during the week, one of his family members, young man, younger than me, not in good shape, not in church, and so he, he came down with this, and he was in the hospital. But again, young, everything going for him. Yet the doctor walked in, said, I've seen a lot of people in your situation, young like you, you're probably going to die. To a young man who's got young age going for him. Well, see, if someone tried to scare you or me, we would stand in faith on the word of God. Amen. We would say, I'm going to live and not die. But, but what's somebody going to do if they've not been in church? What's somebody going to do if they've not been in a church where they're hearing a positive message from the word of God? Fear is a killer. And you got to get fear out of your life. It's amazing how many times the Bible tells us to fear not again and again. In the New Testament, it tells us that perfect love, it drives out fear. Today's message is winning in this life. Here are some quotes to inspire you. Viktor Frankl said, life can be pulled by goals just as surely as it can be pushed by drives. David Schwartz said, think little goals and expect little achievements. Think big goals and win big success. We don't know who said this, but it's good. Write it down. Written goals transform wishes into wants, can'ts into cans, dreams into plans, and plans into reality. Just don't think it. Ink it. Write it down. Albert Hubbard said, many people fail in life not for lack of ability or brains or even courage, but simply because they have never organized their energies around a goal. And here's a great quote by Napoleon Hill. A goal is a dream with a deadline. You know, in every family, there are different, there are different dynamics. I like to do things ahead of time. I don't like to do things last minute. And so when Jessica and I dated, got to know each other, I discovered she liked to wait till the last minute to do some things. You know, and it's funny how you have these family dynamics. Sophie, she plans. She, she's got a calendar. She, she does things in advance. But sometimes I'll pick up Michaela and we'll be here for a school event and I'll say, honey, did you do your homework? She's like, no, I'll do that when we get home later. 
And over Christmas break, had a big project coming up. Why don't you work on that project? No, there's plenty of time. I'll do that tomorrow. We're, we're all different. So you got to know you. You got to be honest about you. And uh, some of us need a little extra encouragement and motivation. Some of us need to work on it little by little, day after day. A goal, Napoleon Hill said, is a dream with a deadline. You got to set deadlines for yourself. Time is passing by. Time is passing by. Whether you do right or wrong, whether you make the most of life in every moment, whether you take action today for a better tomorrow or don't, time is passing by. And you can make time work for you. There are a lot of people and time, whatever they've got going on in life, time is working against them because they're not taking the right action. So every day, time is working against them. That's the negative. But you can turn that around and you can make time work for you. You can make time your ally instead of your enemy. My father finished his schooling and education in 1984 at the age of 29. I had a few detours here and there, and I spent extra time at TCU and did a master's in English TCU before I went to seminary. So it took me some extra time. But I finally did finish at the age of 34. And yes, it took me five years longer than my father, but I just kept taking action. I just kept going to class, and I eventually got it done. Time is passing by. Whether you take the right actions or you take the wrong actions, time is passing by whether you take action toward your goals and dreams or, or you don't. Sometimes I'll hear stories of young people in the church, their 20s, 30s. I'll include the 40s, amen, young people in their 40s. And I hear, hear about someone finishing their education and getting their bachelor's degree or finishing their education and getting a master's degree. I think it's wonderful, amen. And, you know, you might finish later than what you wanted, but if you get it done, you got it done. And then you can reap and enjoy the benefits for the rest of your life. Time is passing by. And you might say, well, Austin, I'm this age, and I wish that I had accomplished more by this age. I wish I was at this point in my finances. I wish I was at this point in my marriage, or I wish I was at this point in my family. You can't change that, but you can take action today for a better tomorrow. You can time work, you can make time work for you, not against you. You can make time your ally instead of your enemy. You know, the world is vastly changing. And you may have had a career in something that was very successful, but maybe because of changes in the world or changes in technology, there's no longer a need for what you were specialized in. You may have to go back to school. You may have to get some vocational training. But if you'll do that and get the training you need to enter into a new career, a new specialty, time will be your ally. But if you don't take any action, if you keep hoping things will change and the world will go backwards in time, then time is your enemy, not your friend. You can take action today for a better tomorrow. You can make time work for you and not against you. Too many believers are possessed by a spirit of mediocrity. They lack the can-do spirit and attitude of Jesus Christ. And this is the result of religious brainwashing. 
But it's not the New Testament. Religion will tell you who you aren't. Religion will tell you what you cannot do. Religion will tell you what you should not have. But that is not the language of God. That is not the language of the Bible. It is not the language of the New Testament. The New Testament tells us who we are in Christ. The New Testament tells us what we can do in Christ. And the New Testament tells us what we can possess in Christ. Character, or the lack of it, it is the primary lid on your potential. Character, or the lack of it, it is the primary limit or lid on your potential. So if you want to change your life, if you want to change your circumstances, you have to take action. Say, say I have to take action. And a lot of times we're waiting on this or that, or we're waiting on this person or that person, or you're waiting on your spouse or a child or whatever it is. If you want to change your life and your circumstances for the better, you have to take action. Say, I have to take action. And character or the lack of it, it is the primary limit or lid on each of our potential. And that's why at the beginning of a new year, we're encouraging you to get into the Word of God, to read the Word of God daily, to evaluate, and to evaluate as you're in the Word, and to evaluate as you spend time in prayer. What do you need to do different? What do you need to change? What does our Heavenly Father, by the Spirit of God, want you to tweak in your life? And it's not because He's trying to hinder you. He loves you. He wants you to have His best in every area of life. Yes, we are saved by grace, but so many Christians stop right there. We cannot add to our salvation, although if you read 2 Peter 1, beginning in verse 5, he tells us that there are some qualities we can add to our faith. But no, we cannot add to our salvation, yet many Christians make no effort to improve their life and circumstances. And that's why you know them year after year after year, there's no progress. There's no progress in their home. There's no progress in their marriage. There's no progress in their family. There's no, no progress in their fight. It's just the same thing, status quo, year after year after year. And that's not who we should be as the people of God. They make no effort to improve their life and circumstances. But you can take action today for a better tomorrow. And you can change your life and circumstances for the better. Tell your neighbor, smile, say, stop settling. Stop tell your other neighbor, say, stop settling. Stop tell, tell them, say, stop putting up with mediocrity. Stop up with mediocrity. Tell your other neighbor, say, stop putting up with mediocrity. Up with mediocrity. You will live with whatever you permit or tolerate. Amen. So you got to decide, no more. Amen. And you're going to have better. And you're going to have better in your home. And you're going to have better in your family. And you're going to have better at work. And you're going to have better in your finances. And our Heavenly Father, He loves you. He is for you. And He wants you to have better in every area of life. The words you speak and what you meditate upon and your actions, these things determine your health, your peace, your security, and your prosperity in this life. Yes, God has a plan for your life. But I, I'm an honest minister of the gospel. You know, sometimes I'll be listening to Christian radio in the car, and sometimes I'll hear things that make me cringe. And one day I was doing errands and heard a message, and the, the implication was God has a plan. 
And no matter what crazy thing you might do, God's going to make sure you get to that destination no matter what. That is a lie. And I'm honest. And I'm an honest minister of the gospel. And so I'm here to tell you the truth. Yes, God has a plan for your life. But God's will and God's best will not automatically come to pass in your life. You have to take action on the word of God to make the promises of God's word become a reality in your life. You have to do your part. And that's what we're learning how to do on Sunday mornings. By giving your life to Christ or by rejecting him, you determine your eternal destiny. And in this life, your attitude and your actions determine your destiny. Stop charting the course of your life by the popular ideas and traditions of men. I don't wake up in the morning and get on Facebook or turn on the news or to go to a government website to find out how we're going to live our lives this week. See, we're we're to chart our course by the Word of God. We're to to determine our destiny by the Word of God. This is how we're going to live. This is how we're going to raise our children. This is the success we're going to have. So stop charting your course by the popular ideas and traditions of men. And we, we go to the Word of God, and we discover the right direction for our lives. In workbooks and sermons, we often refer to the spirit and the pursuit of excellence. Smile at your neighbor, say excellence. excellence. And this is part of why we're always encouraging you. It's easy to pull ahead. It's easy to rise higher. Because in this culture and everywhere around it, there is mediocrity. So you can rise higher. You can pull ahead. You can make more money just by being a person of excellence. Just by having a spirit of excellence. Just by having an attitude of excellence. Just by doing everything that you do with excellence. And if you'll be a person of excellence... You can pull ahead. You can rise higher. You can be promoted. You can come to the attention of people that will better pay you than your current situation. Excellence. Smile at your other neighbor. Say excellence. But excellence doesn't just happen. You know, it's like at home. The house doesn't just clean itself. And if you're like, no, no, Austin, I got this new, you know, $100 deal off Amazon, and it, it, it drives around the house and cleans it for me, That's why it looks the way it does. (laughs) Excellence doesn't just happen. You have to make it happen. You You have to choose to be a person of excellence. You have to choose to do what you do with excellence. Excellence must be pursued. Excellence is quality of character. And that's what we mean by the spirit of excellence. The spirit of excellence is the ingredient that will carry you from failure to success, from lack to prosperity, from defeat to victory. In any culture, in any time or place, a man or woman with the spirit of excellence will do more and have more and achieve more than a person who is content with mediocrity. Now, I know this flies in the face of everything our culture says. And sadly, in our culture, in school, elementary school, junior high, 
high school, college, higher education, the TV, the media, the news, the, the, the cultural messages, it's someone else's fault. And someone else is to blame. And someone else is responsible. And so everybody's just sitting around waiting for someone else to fix their problems. And that's what gets people looking to false idols. That was last Sunday's message. And I understand that a person can grow up in a situation and they have to deal with things because of that situation, but you can choose to take responsibility for your life and you can take action today for a better tomorrow. You know, there's a man in the church and he, he grew up as a child in the Bronx. Rough neighborhood, rough circumstances. And my father once asked him why he joined the military. He said he joined so he could leave. And so he, he made the decision in his life to take action today for a better tomorrow. So you, you can sit around, you can have a pity party, and blame mom or dad, blame the neighborhood, blame your fifth grade teacher, or you can choose to change your life for the better. You can choose to take action today for a better tomorrow. In any culture, in any time or place, a man or woman with the spirit of excellence will do better in life and have more and achieve more than a person content with mediocrity. Life is what you make it. Stop making excuses and take responsibility for your life and your circumstances. The outcome of your life is not determined by external circumstances, or by environment. The outcome of your life is determined by your attitude and your actions. And that's why I said, this life is what you make it. The spirit of excellence, it is the ingredient that will carry you from failure to success, from lack to prosperity, from defeat to victory. This world, it will convince you that your circumstances are the result of what God or others have done to you. But your circumstances right now, they are the result of your spirit or your attitude and your actions. Now I know you might say, Austin, that, that's hard, that's tough. Well, the good news is you can take action today for a better tomorrow. And good news is you might say, I don't like this, I don't like that. You can take action today for a better tomorrow. And no, you may not get there by Tuesday or by next week, or by next month. But if you will take action little by little over time, you'll get to the place you want to get to. You'll get to the goal you want to get to. You'll get to the job you want to get to. You'll get to the salary you want to get to. You'll get to the weight you want to get to. You'll get to the family you want to get to. If you will take action today, little by little, over time, you will get to that place you want to get to. But if you keep doing what you've been doing, you're headed to the same destination. So you got to choose to take responsibility and to take action today for a better tomorrow. Your spirit or attitude gives birth to your circumstances. So you got to get the mediocrity out of your life. You got to get out of your life the things that you know are not right or are not pleasing to the Lord, but you've been putting up with, you've been tolerating you have been permitting you got to get all of that out of your life because it is hindering you the bible says that the little foxes they spoil the vine the bible says that he who conceals his sins 
does not prosper. So you got to get anything contrary to excellence out of your life. But sadly, there are many believers, they don't want to change. They have no desire to change. They're not interested in setting and achieving goals. They speak and act as though God does not even care whether they win or fail in this life. But that's not the case. He does care. And he wants us to have his best. In laying down his life, Jesus gave us his best. That should motivate us to strive for excellence. That should motivate us to give Jesus Christ our very best in every area of life. Our very best in our work, in our family, in our home. We should aspire to give him our very best. After all that Jesus has done for us, how dare any of us give him less than our best? And that's why the Apostle Paul told us, do everything, say everything, everything. as unto the Lord. You may not want to do it. You, you may have higher aspirations, but the level you're at is the level you're at. So do everything as unto the Lord. And it's all over the Bible. It's all over the New Testament. If you want to be entrusted with more, you must be faithful with what you have now. But how, how, how does our Heavenly Father know you're going to be joyful with more, thankful with more, have a good attitude with more, and a spirit of excellence with more if you're not thankful now, if you're not grateful now, if you don't have a good attitude now, if you don't have a spirit of excellence now? See, it all comes back to stewardship. We're to do everything, everything, everything as unto the Lord. Father God did not give us his least he gave us his best, and Jesus gave us his best. So how dare any of us who calls himself a Christian give him less than our best? Jesus deserves our very best effort. He deserves our very best attitude. He deserves excellence from us. So dare to give him your best in this life. Dare to give him your best in your marriage and in your home and in your family. Dare to give him your best in your parenting and child raising. Dare to give him your best in your work and career. And I read the testimony before the service. A man at work, nothing to do with church work, at work, in manufacturing, but sowing seeds, leading people to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. See, that, that, that's a man giving God his best. His best at work, his best at what he does, his best in anything his company asks him to do. And on top of all that, he's giving Father God his best. Because while he's doing his work with excellence, he's mindful of the salvation of the people that he's working with. See, that, there's a man giving God his best. And Jesus, he deserves our best. He gave us his best. And so he deserves our best. So give him your best in this life, and he will make sure that you experience his best in this present life. Number one, I'm going to give you a few short points on how you can win in this life. Number one, to win in this life, forget what is behind and strain toward your goal ahead. Forget what is behind and strain toward your goals that are ahead. Philippians 3, beginning in verse 13, the Apostle Paul wrote, Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind. See, you got to forget what is behind. So maybe you made some mistakes. 
Maybe you did some things wrong. It is under the blood of Jesus. Move forward in faith. Got to forget what is behind. And that could include some people from the past. Might have to, while you're at lunch, at home later, get on Facebook and unfriend a bunch of people. And it's okay. Tell your neighbor, say, it's okay. Now, so far, it doesn't send someone a message saying, just want to let you know, Austin Lingerfeld has unfriended you for all of eternity. <laughs> they won't know until they look at your Facebook. See, there, there are people, and they got all these connections to the past. They got all this baggage from the past. Ex-boyfriends, ex-girlfriends, friends that aren't for them, friends that are jealous of the fact that they're, they're living life, and they have a family, and they have children whatever it is, forgetting what is behind. And see, this is contrary to what the world does. See, in the world, people pay hundreds of dollars to go talk to someone about what is behind and to go talk to someone about what should be under the blood of Jesus. So you just got to decide what you're going to do. Are you going to take the world's route or are you going to take God's route? And God's route is to forget what is behind. Before Saul, who became Paul, before he heard the voice of Jesus, he had been going around and arresting families. He had been going around having people thrown into prison for believing and preaching Jesus. He had people killed. He looked on as Stephen was stoned to death. Don't you know, for Paul to be used of God, he had to forget what is behind? Well, if Paul could do it, you can do it. Forget what is behind. One thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining. That, that requires work. Straining. That requires effort. Straining. That requires evaluating if you need to tweak and improve and change what it is you're doing. Straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. That's what Jesus did. Isaiah prophesied about the determination and the focus of Jesus. Isaiah 50, verse 7, Because the sovereign Lord helps me, I will not be disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like flint. I have set my face like stone. And I know I will not be put to shame. So to win in this life, you got to forget what is behind. And you've got to strain toward the goals that you have ahead. Number two, to win in this life, you've got to run in such a way as to get the prize, and you've got to go into strict training. Now, part of what we're dealing with is being disciplined. Part of what we're dealing with is evaluating, and evaluating the circumstances, evaluating the results, and being disciplined and self-disciplined and changing and improving. To win in this life, Run in such a way as to get the prize and go into strict training. 1 Corinthians 9, beginning in verse 24. And of course, in the Roman culture, they would have all understood the reference to the Olympic Games. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Now we know what Paul was writing in ancient days. Amen. Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. 
Say aimlessly. So you, you got to stop this thing of doing one thing this year, another thing next year, one multi-level this year, another multi-level next year. You got to give all that up and get focused and get disciplined and go into strict training if you want to be a success, if you want God to bless what it is you're doing. I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. So to win in this life, you've got to run in such a way as to get the prize. You've got to be focused. You've got to go into strict training and not be distracted, which takes us to number three, to win in this life. Keep your eye on the prize. Focus. Tell your neighbor, say focus. focus. Tell your other neighbor, say, say focus. focus. And that's why you've got to be disciplined and disciplined in your use of technology and disciplined in your use of social media. There, there are too many distractions all around us. You got to get focused. Tell your neighbor, say focus. Tell your other neighbor, say focus. Galatians 5 and verse 7. If you are running a good race. Who cut in on you and kept you from obeying the truth? That, that, that's why you, you've heard pastors say, well, we don't do fads. We don't lick our fingers, stick it out in the wind to see what's popular in 2022. No, we're, we're going to stick with what God has called us to do. We're going to stick with his word. We're, we're going to be faithful in doing what God has called us to do. And so you got to focus. And that's why I mentioned you may have to cut ties with some things from the past. You may have to cut ties with some people from the past. Because Paul said, you were running a good race. Who cut in on you and kept you from obeying the truth? So Satan, he'll send distractions. It can be things, it can be people. He'll send distractions. You've got to focus and get the distractions out of your life so you can do what God has called you to do, so you can keep your eye on the prize. Number four, to win in this life, throw off everything. Say everything. everything. Throw off everything that hinders. And I like to say throw off everyone too. Amen. Throw off everything that hinders. You got to throw off everyone that hinders too. Now, if you're married to them, you just got to be faithful. Amen. But again, it's amazing how many things and relationships people have got going on in their life that's a distraction, that is a hindrance. Throw off everything that hinders. Throw off sins that entangle. Run with perseverance and keep your eyes focused on Jesus. Hebrews 12, beginning in verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything. Say, say everything. everything. Oh, Austin, what about this? Or what about that? Or what about this person or this relationship from the past? Throw off everything that hinders. If it hinders, got to get rid of it. And it doesn't mean that we don't love someone or we're not for them. They can get saved if they want to. They can be in church every Sunday if they want to. They can live for God if they want to. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. I quoted the Old Testament, little foxes spoil the vine. I quoted the Old Testament, he who conceals his sins does not prosper. You're never going to be blessed by God when you're living like Achan. Things in your life you think you've hidden, you think you've buried, you think no one knows about, they, they are hindering you. They are hindering your success. They are hindering what God wants to do in your life and through your life. You got to get it all out of your life. You got to bring it 
out of the darkness into the light, repent of it, confess it, get beyond it, move forward in faith, and stop permitting it. Got to get it out of your life. Throw off everything. Say everything. Everything, everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. In the days in which we're living, that ought to be our focus. Jesus, living to please Jesus, living that one day we'll hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. Everything else is a distraction. So you got to live focused. You got to throw off everything that hinders, everything that entangles. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus and run with perseverance. As I said at the beginning, time is passing by. Whether you make the most of life or don't, whether you take action today for a better tomorrow or don't, time is passing by. You've got to make time work for you, not against you. Now, I know during the holidays, we did a message on goal setting. We talked about weight, saving money. Everyone was just so thrilled. <laughs> but think about it. People sabotage themselves because they say, well, I want to lose 20 pounds this week. I want to lose 30 pounds this week. You're setting yourself up for failure. They say, I want to save $10,000 this week. And one of the nicest testimonies over Christmas was from a family in the church, and the wife wrote that last year she began saving money, she invested it, and she doubled it by the end of the year. And she was oh so happy. But what if she had taken no action? So you got to take action today for a better tomorrow. Time is passing by. Whether you do the good, you know you should do or not. Time is passing by whether you take action or not. So you've got to make time work for you, not against you. You've got to make time your ally and not your enemy. In sales, it has been said when you keep score, the score always improves. Amazing, isn't it? So, so we ought to keep score. Amen? Amen? Awareness improves performance, and measurement always improves performance. So you've got to, in your life, you've got to decide on the goal. You've got to decide on the goals, whatever they are. It could be a goal in your career. It could be a goal in sales. It could be a goal in taking better care of yourself physically this year. It could be a goal with your weight. It could be a goal in your finances and savings or investing. It, it could be a goal in getting things paid off. You've got to decide on the goal and write it down. Then you have to measure yourself against the goal and evaluate. Are you making progress. Then you have to determine to make some kind of progress every year, every week, every month, every year, and you will get there eventually. Now, I, I use myself as an example. My father finished his education at the age of 29. It took me five additional years, but I got it done. Amen. And I'm happy that it is done. And I'm happy I don't have to go back anymore. Amen. So take action toward your goal. And it might take a few extra weeks. It might take a few extra months. But if you keep taking action faithfully and consistently, you will get there eventually. Someone once said, goals that are not written down are just wishes. Dennis Waitley said, the secret to productive goal setting is in establishing clearly defined goals, 
writing them down, and then focusing on them several times a day with words, pictures, and emotions, as if you have already achieved them. In the Old Testament, the Lord spoke to the prophet Habakkuk about writing things down. Habakkuk 2 and verse 2, the Lord replied, write down the revelation, make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. Write it down, make it plain, run with it. Whatever your goals, write them down, make them plain, and then run with it. And you might say, well, someone's discouraging me. They're one of those things you're supposed to throw off. Everything that hinders. Because God is for you. And we're for you. So don't let anyone who is not for you distract you. Write the goals down. Make them plain. And run with them. In the New Testament, the Apostle Paul talked about writing things down. Philippians 4, beginning in verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition. And a petition is a formal written request. In everything by prayer and petition. With thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if, ex if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Austin, how do, I, how do I know what to throw off? How do I know what to get out of my life? Well, is it noble? Is it right? Is it pure? Is it lovely? Is it admirable? Is it excellent or praiseworthy? Those are some criteria to use. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, Put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. So write it down. Write the goals down. Make them plain and run with them. One of the greatest illustrations my father ever gave me would have been maybe in junior high. He asked me to go with him to run some errands. We stopped at a bank that he used in those days and went to where they had the safety deposit boxes, and he showed me where the safety deposit box was, showed me what was in it, but then he got out a stack of index cards. And on those index cards, they, they were dated. And on those index cards, year after year, he had written down his goals. And he had written down what he was believing God for. He, he, he wrote it down. He made it plain. He ran with it. And, and he showed me those stack of cards. And he told me that everything that he had written down, God had done and God had brought to pass. But again, will God do it all for us? No, we have to do our part. We have to take action today for a better tomorrow. Write it down, make it plain, and run with it. You gotta decide on the goals, gotta write them down. You have to measure yourself and evaluate against the goal. You gotta make some kind of progress every week, every day, every month, every year, and you will get there eventually. We love you, and that's why we're here to tell you you can take action today for a better tomorrow. Please bow your heads. You might be here today, and perhaps you have never given your life to the Lord. You've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Our Heavenly Father, he, he loves you. And yes, He does have a wonderful plan and purpose for your life, but it begins by accepting Jesus Christ, His Son, as your Lord and Savior. This world that we live in, it'll lie to you. 
It'll tell you that if you're just kind of good enough, that that's sufficient and you'll, you'll, you're a good person and you'll be in heaven someday. But friend, that is a lie. The Bible says that we have all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. Each of us, every man, every woman, every little boy, every little girl is in need of a Savior. And there is one Savior. His name is Jesus. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. Today, he's standing at the door that is your life. He's, he's knocking. And he, if you will ask him to come in, he will come into your life, and you can be a part of the family of God. If you're here today and say, Austin, that's me. I've never asked Jesus to be my Lord and Savior, but I, I want to. I want to become a part of the family of God. If that's you this morning, wherever you're seated, raise your hand so I'll see it and I'll know you want me to pray with you. Say, Austin, pray with me. I want to become a part of the family of God. I want to ask Jesus into my heart, into my life. If that's you, raise your hand or I'll see it. You might also be here today and at a time in your life, you prayed a prayer, you walked an aisle, but you, you know you've not been living for God. Maybe you haven't thrown off the things that have hindered. Maybe you haven't gotten rid of the sins that entangle. Maybe you've been ensnared. And so you have been mired in defeat. You have been mired in mediocrity. And maybe instead of taking responsibility, you've blamed others and you've blamed God, which doesn't work because our help, it comes from the Lord. The Bible tells us the mercies of God are new every morning. The Bible tells us that if we confess our sins, he's faithful. He is just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You can leave here today knowing you have peace with God, a new beginning, a fresh start. If you're here today and say, Austin, that's me. I want to recommit my life. I want to make things right with God. If that's you, wherever you're seated, raise your hand, raise it high so I'll see it and I'll know you want me to pray with you. Austin, pray with me. I want to recommit my life might be watching online and you say, Austin, this is for me and I want to pray with you. Repeat this prayer after me. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I repent of my sins. Time's gone by. I've gone my own way and I have paid the price. I give my life to you. I ask Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. And from this day forward, I'll live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're here in person, didn't raise your hand or watching online, we want to be a blessing to you. You can go to the website, fccarlington.com slash salvation, short form to fill out, to let us know you prayed. We'll send you a copy of God's very own child in English or in Spanish to be a blessing to you. And if you're here in person and didn't raise your hand, but that was for you, see the wonderful people at guest services. They'll put a copy of God's very own child in your hand don't have a Bible, they'll bless you with the Bible. We want to be a blessing to you. Well, God is good, amen? amen. And he, he is for us. And he wants you to have more. He wants you to have better. He wants you to have the dreams and desires of your heart. Psalm 37, 4, wasn't in the message. One of my favorite verses, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give unto you the desires of your heart. When you forget what is behind, you throw off everything that hinders, the sins that entangle, Keep your eyes focused on Jesus. Set goals, take action, evaluate, take action. You're living a life that is pleasing to God. You're delighting yourself in the Lord. And over time, didn't say overnight, 
But over time, you'll look and see that he has given unto you the desires of your heart. Amen. I hope the message was a blessing and encouragement to you today. Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, you are born again and today is a new beginning. We would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, God's Very Own Child. To receive your free copy, call the church office at 817-561-3400 or send an email to info at faithchristiancenter.com. Remember to put God first in every area of your life because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, we walk by faith, not by sight.